0: this is shane with radical rocks today we have a very exciting episode we're going to be talking about mining in outer space copper nickel i mean this is something that is really on the horizon it's mind-blowing also we're going to talk about gravestone geology a little bit of information about the rocks that are used for gravestones very very interesting on how you might pick the best one um, if you're wanting it to be around for the next few millenniums. Also, we're going to talk about a rockhound who amassed a multi-million dollar national treasure. He actually profited $4.5 million off of that. And we're going to talk about the crystal boom in the United States. This could be a good business as well. So we'll talk about crystal business real briefly Some of the fossil news today is just as impressive. More opal dinosaur teeth found. And also some more information on a new bird, which is actually is a giant chicken. (laughs) We've talked about the giant chicken before, but we'll talk a little bit more. Also, guys, I want to ask you to subscribe and join our social media. If you go to Google and you just type in Radical Rocks, two words... Do you know we're going to pop right up? Our blog's going to pop up. If you click on any one of our blogs, we have most of our links on our newer blogs. There's about 24, 25 blogs there. If you type in Radical Rocks and you type in Facebook, our Facebook link's going to pop up. If you type in Radical Rocks, two words, by the way. Um, if you type in Radical Rocks, two words, we one word then our MeWe site's going to pop up. If you type in Radical Rocks, two words, and then YouTube, one word, then our YouTube channel's going to pop up, okay? If you have a parlor, we're hashtag Radical Rocks. So we're real easy to find. We're asking you guys to join in, subscribe, like, um, and on our Anchor podcast here, you can get us on any podcast. Basically, we're on them all. Okay. And we're in 40 different countries right now. The podcasts are very popular. I have mentioned before that the podcasts are timeless. There's information, very little, tiny, tiny bit is dated. Most of it is good information. We talk about rocks and minerals. Some of those things are not going to change. We talk about new discoveries. Sometimes we talk about a human interest or we may highlight a little event, but that's just a drop in the bucket same thing with the videos you go to the videos those are us collecting rocks that's us doing projects and showing how to work in the lapidary shop that's us doing interviews with um other uh, rock and gem collectors and shops and places where you can go get rocks and gems and the blogs they are a little bit different too often and sometimes can be a great source of information we have printouts there that you can use in your shop what items you would want for your shop different tips for the lapidary and different locations that you might want to go collecting so there's a lot of great things there on our facebook it's huge um, we're growing all the time. There is a lot of community building there. There's a lot of interesting minerals that pop up on there. Be a part of the community. I'm I'm as active as I can be on it, and uh, there's always a lot of activity on there, and I'm usually checking it every day. So feel free to contact us with ideas and things like that, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love your support, at least as far as, um, you know, joining, subscribing, and sharing and all that. We're wanting to grow the channel and we appreciate the help that we've got from a lot of our dedicated members and hope that uh, you can be a part of that as well. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, All kinds of fossil news. Um, I can't even keep up with it all. I try to pick just the most interesting, fun stuff on www.scifi.com. Uh, there's a new species of fanged marine reptile with a built-in flotation device. Um, this creature was discovered in uh, in China. Uh, it's only about two feet long. It's a little long-necked uh, dinosaur. It looks just like a typical seropod kind of with a long neck, but it's got some really intimidating teeth, and it's very flat and kind of round, uh, oblongish, and it had this uh, air pocket that it could keep and this thing would probably sit on the bottom of the water and attack creatures and eat them um, and forage through the sea and uh, underwater. So if you want to read more about that you can go check that out. It was written by Tyler Stone and it was contributed on November the 1st. You can check that out if you're interested. Um, next i might bounce around a little bit on what's going on with the outer space findings um one of them is a discovery of a meteorite from mars now i i'm kind of skeptical of some of this stuff as you know if you've been listening to the channel this is found at https semicolon backslash backslash a l k h a l e e j today dot c o and um that was three days ago it came out. The discovery of a meteorite from Mars in the Sierra Desert, they said that there's a type of oxidization that took place on this meteor that they believe came from Mars that proves there's water on Mars because of this type of oxidization that happens when water forms um, in this particular mineral. So who knows? Um, It it could be, I don't know. Um, I think what they're finding on the moon is much more interesting um, we'll talk about that in a minute um, let me see what else we can find here okay nasa i want to stick to the stuff about outer space if i can nasa has found the celestial body 16 psyche have costly mineral deposits is the title of the article by chandral uh chatapah And that is on October the 29th in Tech uh, Genius. And it's spelt, if you go to www.techgenyz.com, you can look that article up. And they've got this asteroid here. And if you've been keeping up with some of our reports, NASA is going there to check out the metal. And the metals that are on this are very valuable. Actually, NASA, uh, via the Hubble telescope, uh, is named uh, 16 psyche this particular meteor or asteroid belt that is lies between Mars and Jupiter uh, if from the earth it's about 230 million miles or two or 370 million kilometers and uh, this particular belt is a diameter of kilometers or 140 miles that's how big this asteroid is it is full of uh, minerals that are valuable there's no ice there's no rocks there it's nickel iron um, other minerals including copper I found out from another article and they feel that it is worth some hundred billion dollars um US dollars and the figure of a hundred US dollars is based around a hundred thousand times more than the 2019 global economy and uh, they feel that uh, using this Falcon rocket they're going to get a probe there and they're going to get some they're going to take some samples they're going to find out firsthand what's on this um, on this giant meteorite and in this belt here And they're really seriously looking at mining this stuff. It's totally feasible. Um, There's companies that are going in there. I had another article, but it seems like it timed out. It's gone now, but it talked about the copper and the nickel that is very valuable that is on these... on these planets. Now also there was an article and I think it faded out too for some reason on the moon and the moon water and how that is going to enable the mining of the moon because they can utilize this for drinking, for processing, for making fuel um, and that space mining is a reality that we're going to see soon. In fact when that rocket brings those samples back that will be mining and and a small uh at a small level but it's mining nonetheless now for my australian friends um especially i have a a wonderful friend in our facebook group uh named shane and uh, he's there and he has wonderful collection of minerals he's always sharing pictures with the group you got to go check it out um, we've got a great archive of some wonderful pictures of, he has a fabulous fluorite collection. He's accumulating a really nice agate collection that consists of uh, several Turkish agates that are looking really nice. He's cutting them and polishing them and showing them. But here in Australia, we've got these incredible opalized dinosaur teeth found in the outback, and they are actually shining light on how three giant beasts that weighed some nine, 90,000 kilograms and where. Measured some 40 meters coexisted in Australia, so we're talking big boys here, you know, like, like the um, the giant thunder, uh, uh, not the thunder lizard. Maybe it was a thunder lizard, like a brontosaurus, like that size of a dinosaur, huge, right? You go to uh, www.dailymail.co.uk, and um, this article is here in the Daily Mail, and I just read the title to you by Claudia. Popowski uh, on the 29th, and it says these fossilized dinosaur teeth were found at Lightning Ridge in the north uh, west uh, area. Researchers said the area has yielded a rich bounty of fossils over the years, and three ceratopod species are believed to coexisted in the area at that time. And they've got a wonderful picture here um, of these uh, teeth that are opalized and they are so cool. I mean, they, could you imagine finding something like that? Uh, they found quite a bit of these opalized seropod teeth. They're pretty big, you know, several inches long. Um, that would be quite a find. I'm sure that they must, you know, if they were to sell, they would just be, you know quite expensive but they've got a description here of these dinosaurs and they actually lived in close uh, close proximity of each other feeding leaving scratch marks things like that looking at these teeth allows them to interpret how these dinosaurs coexisted um how they ate and uh, how big they were what their reach was all sorts of interesting things that uh that are found so pretty cool you can check that out um now, I want to do an article on the giant chicken. We've talked about this. Um, we read another article that said that this particular creature was more related to an albatross. Um, this article is a little bit dated November 1st, so I've got one article that says they're like an albatross and they're related to that family. Um, but this one is saying, no, no, this, this one is uh, related to the chicken. <laughs> um, and they had um, not teeth, but the beak was jagged like teeth. So this was a, a vicious creature with a wingspan of 21 feet, right? Which I think is uh, you know several um, meters. And they said that they also have a portion of its foot, part of its jaw, and they've got a picture of the jawbone here, which is quite impressive and intimidating. It looks like it could just snap your whole arm, uh, pretty much put your arm all the way up past your hand and your arm all the way past your elbow and its mouth and just not right off is what it looks like to me this was a big creature Um, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to uh, fight fight with one Uh, these teeth that it has are almost an inch tall that are really part of the beak they're not actually teeth and they've got quite a few skeletons. And this is the biggest identified skeleton of the bony-toothed chicken group. According to this article at my... Or N-Y... Uh, well, let me spell it out for you. It's H-T-T-P-S uh, semicolon backslash backslash N-Y-S-E-S-T-O-C-K-A-L-E-R-T-S dot com. So it's like uh, nice com. And it was, came out, like I said, on November 1st by Sanjay. So if you want to read more about that, you can. Okay, let's get to some of the gemstones. Um, first thing I want to talk about is this rock collector who was in Quebec. He amassed a multi-million dollar national treasure. If you want to read about this, you can go to www.ma cleans.ca it was written on october the 30th by marie uh, hyphen daniella smith and um, this Giles uh, gentleman here collected the specimens over the years by just going through old mining dumps and uh, actually built a relationship with some of the mines and was able to go in there and be called in at certain times to be able to come in and, cl- and collect and look through the dumps to get um, different mineral samples now as you scroll down here you'll see some beautiful pictures there's a white uh, crystal sitting on top of a bed of other abstract crystals there's another orangish um, uh, mineral specimen that looks like a scoop of ice cream Uh, it's got blues and greens and the names of these some of these i've never even heard of but some of his specimens are from microscopic size to as big as your fist but they're all beautiful and come to find out Out of the thousands and thousands of rocks that he's collected, um, some of them uh, are worth millions of dollars. Um, And some of them are very rare and uh, unique. In fact, one of them, they actually named after him a very small yellow crystal. Um, But he was very attracted to strange-looking rocks and veiny-looking rocks. And uh, his wife, you know, she liked that too. Now, when they sold this part of their rock collection, they took out the 2,000... uh, or excuse me, the best, there was 16,000 some pieces that he preserved and then his 8,000 or so best uh, specimens collected from Mount St. Hilaria were ranging from fluorescent green, purple crystal arrangements that can fit in the palm of your hand, geometric, uh, uh, intricate, uh, rare crystallization patterns. Some only viewable under microscope have just been acquired by the Canadian Museum of Nature, valued at 4.5 million dollars. Wow. So (laughs) uh, that's what you call the holy grail of mineral specimens. Now his holy grail was having the mineral specimen named after him like the uh, haineltite, H-A-I-N-E-A-U-L-T-I-T-E, a pale yellow mineral with a prismatic crystals that have only been found as long as six millimeters. So here he is, um, you know, donating a national treasure of, of that great, great value and having a mineral named after himself. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Now, you may not have a mineral named after you, but, uh, you know, um, you can put your name on a mineral and you may. So gravestones, that is uh, our next Subject, and then after that, we're going to talk about crystals and why everybody's going crazy about them, and a couple ideas on how you might want to profit off of them. But let's get into this gravestones and the geology of graveyards. Very interesting subject here on Forbes.com, written by David Breeson, um, and it came out on the 31st of October. Gravestones and the geology of gravestones. Now he goes on to talk about uh, you know, uh, the graveyard, the gravestone, and these different rocks that are used, um, typically garbo, granite, metamorphic rocks like slate, marble, and sedimentary rocks sometimes used, uh, sandstone and limestone, and all the different colors um, and the benefits. Limestone's easy to work with, um, but rock doesn't really last forever and it does age, and there is an actual geology of the, the, the graveyard. So depending on the temperatures and the location, um, the minerals that the stone is sitting in, how much sun it gets, um, these different physical and chemical type of things will determine the weathering, and also what kind of mineral it's made out of. So if it's a calcite or dolomite or a carbonite rock, Limestone, uh, marble, things like that, they're going to erode a little quicker because they're going to weather away with the, um, you know, how they dissolve in water and such like that. Minerals like feldspar and mica are going to make up the uh, platonic rocks like granite and metamorphic rocks, or uh, Guinness and Schist are going to react with water and oxygen and decay into clay minerals. Carbonite minerals and feldspars are also vulnerable to air pollution, also sulfuric components and nitrogen from car fumes, and industry can increase weathering and decay. So these uh, plutonic and metamorphic rocks are made of relatively large crystals of different minerals with different physical properties. And when every mineral expands with the temperature, it does so at different rates. And as the sun heats up the gravestone, the mineral grains are going to expand and cause a strain to build up. And then at night, when the falling temperatures come, the grains are going to contact again. So doing this day in and out, uh, the thermal expansion is going to take apart these gravestones and make them crack and fall apart. So the longest lasting gravestone should be made of a Uh, monomineral rock, a rock that is composed only of one mineral so that all mineral grains should expand and contract at the same rate that would minimize the effects of the weathering. So Quartzite is a metamorphic rock which was originally pure quartz uh, limestone is a great choice. Quartz is chemically very stable mineral with extremely low um, thermal expansion. Pure quartzite is usually white, gray, Although quartzites occur in various shades of pink and red due to varying amounts of hematite. Other colors, green, yellow, blue, and orange, are due to other colors. So um, these might be a good choice if you want to have a great uh, gravestone that goes on and on. Now he goes on to talk about sarcophagus. And what that actually means is uh, it means a place where flesh is eaten. Um, They put them in the sarcophagus and, uh, you know, you're gone, right? So different minerals will um, uh, cause different ways of the body disappearing. The article goes into that as far as uh, acidity, microorganisms, the amount of humidity and temperature, um, how well of an insulator is, how well of a barrier it is, how well it breathes and drains, all these things, the type of soil that's around it, whether it's acidic all these different things can play a part in the rocks in a graveyard and you can read that in more detail if you want. I thought that was really interesting. Next, we're going to talk about crystals. Now, um, some people are very much into metaphysicists and crystal healing and things like that. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm not really into it um, at that level, but I uh, I do think the history and and that uh, thinking is interesting. And I know that we do all think that minerals and crystals especially do seem to make people happy. Um, Put a big diamond ring on someone's finger and watch them smile. See, it's true. So this article is called American Anxiety Drives a Crystal Boom. People are looking for healing. And this is in uh, www.theguardian.com. And it was written by uh, Stephen Robert Miller. And he's from Colorado. And um, I don't know if I see a date, but this should be a fairly new article. I think it was written on the 31st. Yes, 31st. So it was just written a couple days ago. Now, he goes into some detail about um, a, a guy who's out there actually hunting aquamarine and hunting crystals, because of this huge demand for these minerals. It's almost doubled. It's almost doubled in the last year. Let me get a swig of coffee here. So while the diamond industry is taking a hit, America is still gobbling up 35% of the global market for gemstones and metaphysical retailers are saying that the stress that people have because of COVID and these type of things is driving the sales and doubling them in many cases and locations. So this is something to think about if you are in the business of selling and buying rocks. Um, The article talks about aquamarine, tourmaline, topaz, quartz, and other gems that are being brought to customers around the USA um, the gentleman in the article here collects many of these from the Colorado um, Rockies, hammering away at these wonderful crystals which are going uh, selling hot, very hot. It's a robust a robust marketplace. They said that sales have increased as if it's Christmas time. So you know this was written um, in October. this information was gathered through October. Uh, it says here, sales have increased as if it was Christmas time said Diana uh, Prado who co-owns Zen Babe a small crystal shop in, in Lodgemont an agricultural suburb of Denver and they have been selling gemstones jewelry and all types of metaphysical supplies online for three years and in their store uh, opening their store in January they survived the initial corona economic crash and have since seen an additional two thousand dollars in monthly on sale uh, sales. So it seems that this is a big market right now. Um, and they go into some of the things that people believe, um, are going to get, they're going to feel better if they have particular minerals. One of them here is tremoline relieving chronic fatigue. Um, so that would be a big one. Amethyst is said to bring, uh, clarity, uh, cognitive clarity. So there's a big one. Um, and others okay Uh, they have these crystal wands um, black onyx watches different things like this that seem to be the hot items so you can look at this if you want to find out more what those hot items are but it said believe it or not it said until recently this had been a fringe field catering to a niche audience but an injection of celebrity and social media proliferation have taken metaphysicists mainstream, making it worth $4 trillion globally. Okay, it said, four, it said 4TN. I was like, can that be trillion? I looked up TN and I checked it. Yes, that is the abbreviation for trillion. $4 trillion globally. Wow. Unbelievable. The U.S. demand for gems has more than doubled since 2015. So this is crazy. Um, even some of these celebrities are getting into the action. Um, Glyneth uh, Paltrow and uh, others, uh, Zen Babe, and uh, have been... Who was it? It's down at the bottom. I'm not going to read you know the whole article. I'm just trying to tell you about some of it. But there was uh, information in there about how they have gotten into the gemstone market. Maybe it's in this other article. This other article is entitled... Got Crystals. It's at the timesfreepress.com, the Chattanooga Times Free Press, and it's, it's, enti- it's dated October 31st by Alexandria Marvar in New York Times News Service, and it says, Got Crystals, Jim Mining could be your full-time job. Now, I wasn't going to go through this because this is a lot like an article that I covered um, uh, last week which talks about places where you can go prospecting, but they're talking about moonstones in Montana, Emeralds in North Carolina, um, you know, and pain to mine and all these different sites that you can go to. And you can go to our last podcast if you want to find out where those sites are. But just saying that people are earning a good living, you know, it says fifty dollars a day to dig and if you dig really hard you can find two, three, five thousand dollars worth of crystals Says Frank Stallings, referring to Ron Coleman's mining at Crystal Mine in Arkansas, where the couple recently unearthed a a once-in-a-lifetime 15-pound clear quartz point, which they later sold for $1,500. So while $5,000 days are rare, they do earn a living uh, selling specimens of gold, amnesite, pyrite, fluorite, quartz, shark teeth, and obsidian out of the back of their uh, car and on eBay. So yeah, in theory, you could make $10,000 a month selling your finds um, at shows and possibly on the internet. Now that does take, you know, time to build up. It takes, um, you know, trust. You have to build up trust to be selling online, but in the shows and stuff, um, yeah, you can definitely make several hundred dollars each show. Um, That's totally possible and uh, you get better as time goes on. So yeah, uh Crystals, here's where it talks about Glyn, uh, Gwyneth uh, Paltrow uh, and former Hills star Spencer Pratt and Heidi Montag who have uh started turning crystals into a business. They are uh now selling them. They're peddling stones. So uh, some of them as much as $300 a piece. So this is uh something that a lot of people are getting into and uh whether you want to get into the pain and agony of selling um, gems and minerals or you just want to collect them, if you want to collect them, well, you better get them while they're cheap. If you want to sell them, then there's an opportunity because they, if the demand is going up, then I guarantee you the price is going up as well. So, guys, that concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you do contact us and uh, let us know what you'd like to hear. And you do subscribe and interact with our community and our different social media. Take advantage of that. Let us know what you think. We're always working on improving it. And with that, remember, rockhounds don't die. They petrify.